0: Welcome to episode 23 of the Hydrogen Nowcast, recorded on March 31st, 2021. This is a podcast devoted to encouraging the deployment of fuel cell EVs, hydrogen fueling, and hydrogen infrastructure throughout the world. The Hydrogen Nowcast is a production of the Colorado Hydrogen Network in Denver, Colorado. I'm your host Brian DeBruin, the director of operations for the Colorado Hydrogen Network, and I'm very pleased to have on the show today Gordon Dash, who's the CEO of Dash Two Energy, which is a renewable hydrogen development company. Gordon, welcome to the show. Brian, uh,
1: thanks for having me. Um, looking forward to uh, discussing hydrogen and and its main role for decarbonizing our our energy transition.
0: Well, I know that's my favorite subject. So, um, you know, the, the first thing I have to tell the listeners is that basically you're responsible for the founding of the Colorado Hydrogen Network. You know, back in October of 2019, when I first was starting to advocate for hydrogen fuel stations in the Denver area, it was you who suggested that I start the Colorado Hydrogen Network organization. So, uh, thank you so much for that idea. It was a, it was a great idea.
1: Oh no problem. I uh, I lived in Denver for a very long time, and um, you know I I kind of consider Colorado my, my my second home. And uh, when, we went, when we went back in twenty nineteen, yeah, we were we were looking to kind of really start the advocacy. And uh, I'm glad you guys were able to kind of take it and and run with it and, and create the organization that you have today.
0: Yeah, well, I know you're back in California, maybe even a little reluctantly right now. But uh, um, we appreciate the fact that you kind of keep tabs and you stay in touch with us here and attend the meetings. You know, as we were talking or have been talking over this last year, really, uh, you know, I've discovered that you have a really interesting background. Do you want to start out by just kind of telling everybody all the things that you did before the hydrogen business?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll um, I'll actually probably start and say uh, I technically have been involved in the hydrogen business for probably 20 years now. So when I uh, went to college, I got a master's degree in mechanical engineering from NC State, And that is when we we first started doing uh, hydrogen modeling. So we built out a transit simulation model uh, using hydrogen from wind and solar through an electrolyzer, compressor, storage, and back into energy through a fuel cell. The work actually was sponsored uh, by Ford Motor Company. And so I actually spent uh, quite a bit of time in Michigan working on Ford's first generation fuel cell electric vehicles. Um, This was back in the early 2000s when You know, hydrogen was kind of going through one of its uh, you know early growth spurts, I would say, and um, unfortunately, uh, the time wasn't right back in those days. And anyone anyone who's been in the hydrogen business long enough knows knows what I'm talking about. And so from there, I actually uh, went to work uh, went down to Houston and went to work for a startup wind uh, development company called Zelken Renewable Energy. And Zelken Renewable uh, was a utility scale wind developer. And we were building, you know, large-scale wind farms, hundred megawatt plus wind farms. And I was tasked on executing the, the the largest wind farm in the state of New York, uh, the Maple Ridge wind farm. And so that was a you know great time with the Zilka. It's been, you know anyone who's familiar with the wind space knows that that transformation from Zilka Renewable Energy. Goldman Sachs came in and invested a, a ton of money, a ton of capital into the to the company to kind of help grow our grow our development business, and eventually we ended up selling to uh, EDPR North America. I think that was in two thousand eleven um, was when that happened, and uh, it was a very big deal. It was multi, It was a several billion dollar deal, and um, really kind of set the stage for you know when when development in the longer term for for that company. Uh, from there, I actually, uh, that's when I actually moved to Colorado after they, that company was sold and uh, went to work for a company called Terragen Power. Uh, TerraGen was actually a California-based uh, developer, but the engineering and construction office was, was out of Colorado. And with TerraGen, we actually built out the largest wind farm in the state of California, uh, the Mojave uh, wind farm. It's, uh, it's pushing over two gigawatts right now. Um, and so that was a really fun and exciting time. Um, and then from there, I uh, I saw that the state of California was uh, putting a lot of you know funds into hydrogen and started researching you know the hydrogen market again and and realized the work that I did 20 years ago is is finally going to be able to turn around and, and be something that I can lean on and so I, I started Dash to Energy, and here we are.
0: Boy, yeah, what a whirlwind background, but it's you know it's really prepped you and you know you talk about Ford getting into hydrogen and it's kind of a shame that. Uh, some of the hydrogen work started and then stopped, but I, you know, I really feel that with wind and solar bringing the cost of electrical energy down, I think the time is right for hydrogen now, and, and the world seems to be agreeing with that. We're, we're seeing a lot of activity in that space.
1: We talk with uh, a lot of you know, since I come from the wind space, and you know, we've seen firsthand you know the the price of renewables you know just plummet from you know when we first start doing projects, and um, you know, we're seeing deals really, really low cost power. I'm talking two cent you know power which is you know kind of where we need to be to make renewable hydrogen competitive with uh gray hydrogen.
0: Absolutely. So I think this kind of leads us naturally to talk about uh, your company dash 2 energy and since this is an audio podcast I have to point out to the listeners that your company name is actually a bit of a play on letters. You capitalize the the H at the end of your last name and then the 2 is kind of shared with H2 which of course represents hydrogen. So Tell us about Dash Two Energy's mission and initiatives, and you know some of the projects you've got going.
1: Yeah, so our, our company, you know, we were originally founded, um, you know, as a you know as a development company. Uh, so we're we really looking at development opportunities in the transportation space. And then you know we slowly morphed into also a consulting company. Um, so for the last few years, we've been doing a significant amount of uh, hydrogen business planning for several large scale wind and solar developers, uh, also with several um, large scale utilities as well, looking to get into the energy transition. Uh, so you know primarily we've been providing consultancy work, um, and now recently we have actually just increased in we'll be bringing on a few people for our development arm of our business. So we've actually have about 500 megawatts in active development right now through various projects. So we're looking at transportation projects, primarily heavy duty, long haul trucking type projects. Uh, we have uh, you know, several energy storage projects that we're working on. Uh, most notably, we have our California Energy Commission actually funded our first project. They gave us a, about a $1.2 million grant to build the state's first uh, energy storage project. Uh, and that's actually a, a wind to hydrogen project that we're going to be building. And then we also have some power to gas projects. We're talking with a couple of uh, 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 infrastructure funds who are looking to blend hydrogen into their national uh, into into their pipeline system. And so, in our yeah, our development portfolio spans across the U.S. right now. So most of our projects are in California. We do have a microgrid project we're working on in Colorado. We have several energy storage projects in Texas, New York, and Kansas as well.
0: We talk about moving out side of California. And of course, that's of interest to us being here in in Colorado. And Colorado Hydrogen Network has been pretty focused on transportation, although we're certainly not turning our back on other things. So why don't we talk a little bit about the hydrogen industry? I mean, it's been pretty strong in California, but uh, a lot of us want to see, of course, move out of there. I mean, where do you think we are right now? And and where do you see things going either with transportation or utility scale or or any of those things?
1: Well, hydrogen is, um, it always... uh it depends who you talk to is what they tell you where the industry is going to go. And, um, you know, what we're seeing is obviously if we want to decarbonize heavy haul trucking, hydrogen is, is the clear example uh, of where we see that effort happening. In regard to like light duty, medium duty, you know, cars, it's always the, the infrastructure problem. So can we get the infrastructure and the car companies to support it? So we're not seeing as much bullish activity on that side. Um, so that's kind of, you know, in the transportation side, you know, kind of what we're, what we're seeing. Um, but right now, hydrogen, in our opinion, uh, it's really, you can't, you can't electrify everything to decarbonize every industry. So you have big industries like oil refinery, ammonia production, uh, steel manufacturing. You know, they're looking at ways to decarbonize and hydrogen is the clear, clear way for them to, to decarbonize those sectors. Uh, so now it just comes down to, you know, can we get, you know, the price of hydrogen down fast enough To incentivize uh, organizations to look at decarbonizing decarbonizing their you know their industry. Um, That's those are those are kind of what we see that you know transportation and you know some of those big industries over the next you know kind of ten years. And then looking beyond that, it really comes down to now we have like these other big kind of transportation sectors like aviation, marine. Um, there's a lot of opportunities there. It's just I, I think those industries right now are kind of sitting back trying to figure out what is their fuel of choice going to be? Is it going to be hydrogen um, or it could be some sort of like a, a, a green fuel? Um, you can make, you know, you know, green, you know, methanol from hydrogen. You can make methane, green methane from hydrogen. So, you know, there are a lot of companies out there looking at that. But, you know, we see that as you know, pretty far off um, from where we're at today.
0: Do you think that it's going to take government, uh, either state or federal intervention in a lot of the other states like has happened in California? Or do you think the, uh, the, the business segment can support hydrogen and get it going in a lot of these areas?
1: Um, if we want to see acceleration, uh, decarbonizing happen faster, we are going to need government support, particularly like in the transportation sector, uh, the LCFS market in California, the low carbon fuel standard, um, has becoming a more and more accepted program from the you know, financing community to say, hey, you know, we can you know, finance transportation infrastructure based off of you know, LCFS marketplace. Uh, So we're definitely going to need more support from the government, uh, whether it's at both the state level and the federal level, in order for us to kind of accelerate this, you know, this hydrogen economy. Uh, So there there are certain things happening, I believe, at the federal level as well, such as production tax credits for hydrogen, uh, which will go a long way. And, you know, we're pretty we're pretty comfortable in that market coming from the wind and solar space. Um, And so, yeah, definitely we're going to need support um, on, on both the state and federal levels.
0: Okay, Gordon, you you mentioned your Palmdale project, and also you've got a microgrid project. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about both of those, give us a little detail there.
1: Yeah, so the the Palmdale project, uh, as I mentioned, that was uh, funded by the California Energy Commission. And, you know, the objective of this project was for us to build an actual hydrogen system, you know, from using water electrolysis, uh, compression of hydrogen, we'll be storing it in above-ground tanks, Um, and then we're going to actually re-electrify it through a fuel cell. And we're actually going to be purchasing an automotive fuel cell for this particular application. And it's really a chance to showcase the power that hydrogen has when it comes to energy storage. So in California in particular, they're dealing with a lot of wildfire issues, a lot of uh, grid outages. Um, and these are happening for more than like a few hours. And and so really it's like the question is, what fuel can replace diesel or natural gas as a long duration uh, storage solution. And that's that's you know where we obviously see hydrogen and the, the state is very interested in seeing, you know, how can hydrogen and how can this project demonstrate that its ability to provide peak power, backup power for you know at least a minimum of 24 hours is what we're we're projecting. We'll probably actually run our system up to 72 hours. Uh, we're working through some of the design elements right now. Um, but that's really kind of the main purpose of that project uh, from a state's perspective. Um, From our site host, our site host is the Palmdale Water District. Uh, They they serve, you know, the city of Palmdale uh, and surrounding area by providing clean drinking water. And so what we're doing for them is we're actually evaluating increasing their renewable energy generation. Uh, so they currently have a wind turbine that's close to 20 years old now, pretty much at its end of its useful life. And we're going to be looking at replacing that turbine for them uh, with a new bigger size, probably a two megawatt size turbine. But one of the issues that they're going to face is interconnection. Uh, Any and so putting a, a larger turbine on the grid is not going to be allowed by the utility. And so what's going to, you know, they're not basically they have no options of you know, upsizing their turbine because they're constrained by how much power they can put back onto the grid. And so this is another use case and a value case, we call it a distribution deferral project, where we'll put our electrolyzer in to act as a load. So we never exceed their interconnection request, which is like 900 kilowatts or something. And so that's where hydrogen comes in, you know, we're actually going to increase their renewable energy generation. So they're going to go from, uh, they're running around about 40% right now of uh, renewable generation to you know if this system should give them about 80 to 90% of their electricity will be you know 100% renewable and you know with that we're also looking at trying to get them to 24/7 carbon free energy yeah. we're pretty close with this project i don't i don't think we'll, we'll actually Hit that twenty four seven mark, but uh, you know we're definitely going to uh, you know design our system to see if we can do that because we understand many companies out there right now are looking for ways to to, to kind of have on demand clean renewable power, and that's where hydrogen fuel cells uh, come into play. If you have green hydrogen, we can make on demand power at, at any moment.
0: Great, really interesting. Now, I, I assume there's no batteries involved in that project.
1: No batteries involved in this project. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not to say that batteries are a bad thing. Batteries are great uh, for kind of, you know, kind of that immediate response. Um, in this case, we don't, we don't need to provide like immediate grid, grid response. Uh, we can ramp up our system. Um, and our systems come up to speed pretty quickly, uh, just within a few minutes, we'll be up to full load. So, you know, we're not providing that, that millisecond emergency uh, power gener- backup generation. And so, you know, it's just not needed in this particular case.
0: Yeah, no, I understand. Okay, so the other project you mentioned was the um, the microgrid. Tell us a little bit about that one.
1: Yeah, so we have a, uh, a customer um, that has asked us to you know come up solve their decarbonization problem, and they're looking at at ways to decarbonize their their industrial factory, and they they kind of run into the same problem that Palmdale is running into, where you have a lot of inter- interconnection issues. You're not really allowed to put You know, they have such a big load that, you know, if they were to replace it with wind or solar, they would be looking at like a 20 megawatt system, which is just going to be too big to put on a distribution circuit. And so we're evaluating saying, okay, how much renewable energy can we put on this circuit? Any excess renewable energy we're going to turn back into um, back to hydrogen and then store it for both long duration, but then also provide them as much renewable generation as possible that we can put back on the grid. The other thing that's pretty interesting about this is since it is in Colorado, they have a pretty large heat demand. And so part of the microgrid is we'll be actually capturing waste heat from our our generator to provide space heating and hot water heating um, to kind of really increase the efficiency and show another use case that, you know, hydrogen can have in microgrid applications.
0: Interesting. So it's kind of a combined heat and power.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Using hydrogen. So. Okay. All right. Well, are there any other projects you'd like to mention before we kind of start winding things down here?
1: Um, not not in particular. Um, like I said, we're, you know, we're actively looking at transportation projects in Colorado. Uh, we're, you know, have our energy storage projects in Texas, um, the kind of really early stage development right now. And so we're, we're, we're definitely uh, always looking for for new customers or or you know, folks interested in in the hydrogen space. We, you know, we're here to we're here to provide solutions. That's that's kind of what our job is as a developer. Is we we try to understand. You know, what are the problems that our customers have, and what solutions can we can we provide that are you know not just you know economical, but you know provide you know the most you know renewable generation uh, possible.
0: Yeah, well, listeners can certainly learn more at your website, which is uh, www dot dash to energy.com, but is there uh, a better way for them to reach you directly or, or should they just do that through the website?
1: Uh, you could, uh, reach us through the website. We have a, a, a little tab in there. You can, you know, you can fill out a request form, um, or you can go into our, uh, my LinkedIn page. Um, you know, just look for Gordon dash and, um, you know, we, we, we connect through LinkedIn. We do, we do a lot of work through LinkedIn as well.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Well, Gordon, thanks so much for your time to be with us today. And um, listeners, you know, if you enjoy listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please subscribe to the podcast and also give us a rating in your podcast app. A good rating helps us be discovered by other people. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye.